Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick brings us a message entitled, The Heart That Moves the Hand of God. In this message, he uses the story of the centurion and his servant that Jesus healed in Luke chapter 7 to demonstrate how God has moved toward us. He teaches us three views of this biblical account, a religious view, a friend's view, and God's view. Then he describes the heart condition that motivates God to bring us what we have need of when we pray. This message was taught at the Church on the Rock in Berea, Kentucky. On this broadcast, Brother Rick begins the message by posing several questions to the congregation about the move of God. Then he reads his text, found in Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10, which relays the story of the centurion's servant. And now, here's Brother Rick. Well, glory, it's good to be home. I'm telling you, I am excited to be here, and let me begin by thanking you for your prayers and your love and your support and your text messages and Facebook posts and all the different ways you've encouraged us over the last few months. I'm just thankful to be here. How about you? I, I, I kind of feel like Minnie Pearl. I'm just proud to be here. And... Uh, just want to report to you how good God's been. How many of you know he's been good? See, some, I, I see some hands didn't go up because you ain't figured it out yet, but he's still good. And uh, just want to thank you. Uh, Mom and I are doing really good and uh, thankful for what the Lord's done. I finally decided after 16 years of visiting my doctor that I'd work with her instead of against her. And it seems to be working out better for me. She, she did a test on me last Tuesday, and she said to me, this is the best report I've got on you in 17 years that I've been taking care of you. And, uh, and she said, usually about right now, I'm chewing you out over something, but I ain't got nothing I can chew you out over. And she said, I don't know what to say to you. And I said, well, I'm going to be honest. I kind of like the confused look on your face. <laughs> and so I'm just so thankful. Thank you for your support of our ministry. Let me tell you, there's 28 church plants going on right now while I'm standing up here. I'm amazed because I haven't been overseas in eight years, and we planted more churches then than we did the 12 years while I was over we might have found out the problem. I think it was me. And once I got out of the way, things were running really smooth now. And things are going so good. And every month, y'all have supported that. And church plants are going on all around the world where they've never heard the name of Jesus. And we got a report yesterday. Over 3,000 have been saved in Sudan. And over half of those was Muslims. Isn't that wonderful? God's doing some amazing stuff. Well, this morning, I want to start off by asking you some questions, and I want them to put them on the board. How many of you need a move from God? Can you just lift your hand if you need a move from God? 
There's nothing wrong with that, is there? We all need a move from God. And I, I've experienced that move. How many of you have experienced a move of God in your situation? And you can tell for real that God's a miracle worker. You don't have to have nobody else's opinion. Can you do that? Now, I want to ask you a third question. How many of you believe he can still move in your situation? You got a situation? <laughs> I got a couple of situations. I still believe he can move in it. Now, I'm going to ask you a tougher two questions. How many of you are trying to get him to move? In your situation. Have you ever tried to get him to move? <laughs> Let me ask you if y'all have the same problem I do. Do you have trouble getting God on your page? Because he's trying to get you on his page. It's a funny thing. He don't ever want to talk about what I want to talk about. For a long time, I never gave him a chance to speak. I'd just get down with my Jimmy give me list, you know. Lord, this is Jimmy, give me, give me this, and, and give me that, and give me this. And, and then I wouldn't stop long enough to let him say anything because I was afraid of what he had to say. Then I got to realize in prayer is two-way communication. And I'd talk to him a few minutes about what I wanted him to give me. And then he'd talk to me a few minutes about how he wanted me to change. And I was trying to get him to move. And we do it in different ways, don't we? I remember before I used to pray, I'd read 10 chapters so I could bribe him. <laughs> I could tell by your laughter y'all done it too. But anyway, <laughs> Lord, I just got through reading 10 chapters, you know. Went by and visited two shut-ins, and now I'm coming to you. <laughs> Try to get you to move. Then I want to end with the last question that Dr. Fields made famous. How's that working for you? How's that working for you, trying to get God to move? Trying to get an audience with the king of the universe. Trying to convince him that you got a right. Listen, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. I've been through some stuff. And I've been through some things in the last few months that's changed my whole view of God. I realize he's merciful when I, I'm unworthy. He's faithful when I've been debilitated. Why don't you open your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 7. I want to share a word with you that God has laid on my heart and give me new insight for it. You know, I love the Bible. I, I called my son the other day. He's now my pastor. How many of you know God has a way of vindicating people? Boy, it's a whole lot different when I used to tell him how mean my youngins is. Now I got to listen to my youngins tell him how mean I am. I've become his illustration as he's become my pastor. I was telling him the other day, listen, you don't have to bring me up every service and share my weaknesses. You can spread that love around, you know, and let's... We sat in last week, and he got talking about how poor he was raised. And the only thing he'd ever eat, I reckon, was a can of tuna fish from the time he was born till he graduated. And then his mama looking at him said, apparently that malnutrition has affected his brain. <laughs> uh, but anyway, 
he won't let me have the mic to straighten out everything. So keep me in prayer when you're thinking about that. But I called him up there and I said, what are you doing? He said, reading the Bible. What are you doing? I said, I've been doing the same. I can't get it read. And every time I read it, it's like passing around that throne. See something I never saw. This year I'm going through my 45th time of reading it. And And he just spoke to me this word, this brand new message is one I've never preached before. <laughs> a rhema word, a manna word in a season of men. Because see, we're trying to get God to move. And this story is taking on humor with me. I, I love people because they're funny. And they don't change much. I've been 42 nations, they're the same everywhere. Kids, same everywhere. People, same everywhere. Just different languages. But I read this story. Now, when he had ended all his sayings to the audience of people, he entered into Capernaum. I've had the privilege of being there. What a neat little village. And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick. And, and I thought this is kind of funny. He's ready to die. I never met nobody really ready to die. I've met some people ready. I thought I was ready, but then when they told me I was dying, I wasn't quite as ready as I thought I was. And when he heard of Jesus, that's an important statement, isn't it? That's the difference maker right there. When he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal the servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy of whom he should do this. For well, he loves our nation, and he's built us a synagogue. <laughs> and Jesus went with them. I wonder if he really went with them, or they was walking with him, thinking they were steering him there. When he was now not far from the house, a centurion sent a friend to him, saying, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Wherefore... Neither thought of myself to be worthy to come to you. But I say in a word, just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man that is under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say to one, go. And he goes and to another, come. And he comes. So if you'll just do this, my servant will be here. Now look at this. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled. I've had Jesus marvel at me several times, but I'm sure it wasn't about this. He marveled at him and turned about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith. No, not in all of Israel. And they that were sent returned to the house and found a servant had been made whole. From his sickness. Father, I just pray your anointing would rest upon me as I share what you share with me. And God, today I realize that it's not my words that make a difference or bring change. It's your word <laughs> that brings change. And I just pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit would go with me. That I can experience this word with this people this morning. And that it'll do what it was sent to do was to bring change to us. And that we will be changed to bring glory to you. For that's your whole intent. That that word will not return to you void and empty. And give us ears to hear and understanding hearts. And help us, God, 
to apply what we hear in Jesus' name. And thank you for the opportunity to preach your word again with these precious people. And everyone in agreement together said, I begin to see three different views of the same situation. And I get amazed how people see the same thing but got a whole different idea about what they're seeing. <laughs> you know, I was telling you that I remember eight years ago when the doctor told me, he said, while I'm talking to you, you're dying. And I was feeling pretty good that day. I'd felt bad the week before. And I said, I'm not dying. And he said, yeah, you're dying. And I said, no, I'm not dying. And then he got mad because I wouldn't die <laughs> at his command. And he started bringing out the fact that he'd been educated and I wasn't educated. And I finally just said to him, I don't know what you're supposed to do next because you're educated. But you better do it because I ain't dying. Because the Lord said I ain't dying. He saw it different than I did. <laughs> Because see, when he said I was dying, the Holy Spirit said, you ain't dying. I'm going to raise you up and you're going to declare the glory of this. So I had a word that trumped his word. He didn't know that. But he found out. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.